Yes, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host as always, TJ, and today I've got a little bit of a treat for you. This is a recording that I did for our Rugby Muscle members because I noticed that a lot of them had got back to me and said that they were doing okay with the training and they were doing okay with the meals for the most part, but they were subject to a greater amount of snacking because of just the fact that you're stuck at home and I think you've you've probably experienced this yourself listening to this or you know someone that is experiencing this. It's just something that happens a lot when you're stuck at home that we are more likely to keep snacking. And so rather than talk about like the foundations of diet, like I've done on the fat loss hacks, which is upcoming, I decided to just give you a lot of tools that you can use and add to your toolbox and use if which and use the ones that you think are necessary and be able to combat the snacking yourself. Now, this isn't going to replace the fundamentals of calories in versus calories out or the fundamentals of like having good, solid nutrition meals and goals and all that sort of stuff. It's not that. It's just a lot of little tools that we can use that you can implement to combat the fact that you are subject to snacking because it doesn't matter if you've got all these grandiose goals, if you are constantly surrounded by snacks and you're subject to if you just go by day by day and let life control you, then you're going to end up falling victim to the snack monster. So I made this video, which you can see the video version of this podcast on our YouTube channel at Rubby Muscle. If you just type it in on YouTube, you'll find it. Otherwise, give this a listen. There aren't, too, there, you know, there is a presentation, but there's not too much that you will miss out by just listening to this. And hopefully you guys find it valuable. And if you do, obviously you can head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star review. And hopefully you'll find this useful. Enjoy this one, guys. Cheers. Okay, what's going on, guys? Firstly, what do we think of my quarantine stash? Do we do we approve? Don't really care. Um, today, I wanted to talk about keeping on top of your nutrition at home because a bunch of you have said about how being stuck at home has not been great for you because you've been subject to the snack monster and we're having trouble keeping them at bay. So I wanted to put together a quick sort of video for you guys to all because because this complaint was widespread, I want to go a little bit in depth and give some really good ideas as to how we can keep the snack monster at bay, how we can stay on top of our diet and how we can keep on top of our nutrition at home uh, in these circumstances. So first things first, really, we have to talk about the basics, okay? Um, You have already set out your goals. You've got a real good idea of what you want to achieve. And you know that nutrition is going to be a big part of that. You've then you've ideally got some sort of plan towards that, whether that's a meal plan, whether that's um, uh, calories in, calories out, whether that's you know different habits, whatever it is, you've got a plan to achieve it. And so already you're on a good path. You've got a really good like if you didn't have a goal, if you didn't have a plan, if you had no idea, you weren't tracking your diet as well, then like it's going to be a lot harder to avoid snacking because you're like, why would you not? You're, you're just, there's no real reason for you to avoid snacking apart from, oh, I'm going to get fat. But that's, that's, this is more than that, right? You've actually got a plan. Um, and therefore you've snacking is actually going away from your plan. Well, that's the reason that you're complaining about the reason that it's, it makes your, uh, it's either taking you away from your plan or it's making your plan significantly harder, particularly if you have a lot of calories, a lot of, um, carbs, protein, fats, if you're snacking all day, it makes it a lot more difficult for you to be able to hit those numbers. Now, having those in the first place is a really good thing. And you've got to make sure that 
you have got those now that you've got an understanding of that because that is huge for motivation. And we're going to talk a little bit about motivation a little bit later. But understand that if you've got your goals in place, you've got your plan and you're tracking along and you're, you're keeping on task, particularly when that progress is relatively easy, right? It's not, we're not asking the world of you. We're not asking you to go to the moon and back. We're literally asking for the minimum effective stuff, especially right now, whilst you're stuck at home. It'd be ridiculous to ask you to achieve this amazing uh, long stretch goal when you are in a circumstance that is difficult enough in the first place, right? We want this. We want you to be able to stick with your plan, reach your goals, uh, stay on track at, to be as easy as possible. And then if you're doing that, that's going to be very motivating for you. And don't forget that this is this is a, a slide that will come up in something uh, coming up in a little bit of time in, in the future. But I do want to say the importance of the compound interest, right? This is just a generic compound interest graph, but you can see the significance of why staying on track is really important. And the earlier that you do that, the better. You know, the blue line represents people that um, are just putting as much effort as they can. Both, both lines are the same level of effort, the same level of discipline, but the compounding one is the ones that get the basic stuff in place first. So the basics that we already discussed, that stuff is going to give you a lot more of a fruitful return on your effort than just trying to will yourself through all of this, okay? And really understand that. But at the same time, unfortunately, and this is going to come up as well, uh, the story of Adam and Eve is, you know, it's more than two thousand. I don't know how many thousand years years old the Bible is, but it's as old. It's fucking old, right? And even if you're not religious and you don't believe, it's still a really old story. And it, you know, the stuff that's been around for decade or for millennia is around because it's so true. And we still relate to the story. We can still relate to the story of Adam and Eve. All they had to do was they had paradise, and all they had to do was not eat that fucking apple, and they did, and they ruined. You know, if you if you're religious, they ruined humanity's. Uh, I don't know, paradise. You know what I mean? They, they just, they, they completely ruined their lives. They, they messed it up. They had, they had it all and all they had to do was not eat an apple. And so even if you've got your plan in place, right? Uh, even if you've got the basics in place, you've got your goals, your, 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 you've got a good plan, you're, you're tracking everything, you know where you're going, you know where you need to be. Sometimes like it doesn't matter if that, if that chocolate bar is there, you're going to, and it's in your hand, you're not going to say no. You're not going to spit it out because you're like, oh, this isn't my goals. You're going to, because in that moment, you couldn't give a shit about your goals. In that moment, you're like, this right here is going to taste good and it's going to make me feel really good right now. So I'm going to do this because I'm bored, I'm at home, I'm hungry, whatever it is. And we're going to address these problems as to uh, and how we can combat them now. Firstly, the most important thing is to be proactive about this. So the fact that a lot of you have lodged a you, you know, you've noted it down. You're like, oh crap, I am stacking too much. Like that's kind of being proactive. It's being a little bit reactive, but it's being proactive in terms of next week. Like you're like, no, this is what I did wrong last week. I'm going to try and avoid doing this week. Uh, I try and avoid doing that this week. And even though um, you're going to try, you know, at least you've got that little bit of effort. And even though trying is probably not going to be enough, you probably want to use these tools I'm about to give you. Understand that just being proactive in general is going to be good. And um, we can also talk about being proactive in terms of uh, meal prep or planning your meals ahead of time. Um, and that way you're going to be, 
it's a lot easier to stay away from snacks because you've got these plans in action. You've got, you've got your food prepared for you. You've got meals that you know you're going to cook and you know are going to taste great. It's a lot easier to avoid those snacks if that's the case. But I mean, this is just sort of 101. This is almost revisiting the basics is being proactive and uh, having your plan, taking action and recording everything as well. Recording when you're hungry, recording when you're tempted to snack, recording what you do when you're tempted to snack, recording all these triggers, that stuff is going to help. So being as proactive as you can is going to really help. But you're still going to get hungry. And if you're hungry in the moment, doesn't matter what your plan is. doesn't matter if you've got um, a meal plan for later. If you're hungry, you're going to be tempted to snack. That's a very clear signal that will lead to a lot of you wanting to have a snack that you didn't really plan. And the first thing I can suggest is to keep hunger at bay. So we've got a few things here that we can do to keep hunger at bay. And the first thing is sleep. Um, it's been proven time and time again in the research that the more sleep you get, the less hungry you're going to be throughout the day. Even if you eat the same amount of food, there is research to also say that that food is more likely to be stored as fat because of, because your stress is high because you haven't slept. So getting a good night's sleep, trying to stay on top of your routine, that is going to be huge. And I've spoken about routine before and how important that is. I don't want to just rehash old ground. So understand that routine is part of that sleep. But you know, if you if you if you are tired, you're irritable. If you're irritable, your 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 willpower is going to drop, and you're going to be more likely to snack. The other thing is eating two to five good, substantial meals a day. If you're eating like crappy meals that you're not enjoying, or if you're eating meals that are just fluff, or if you're not even eat, haven't got any planned meals, I mean, it's if you're hungry and you're ah, like, oh, I can either spend one hour prepping and cooking and then getting ready and then cleaning up and then eating this meal, or I can spend 30 seconds and grab this snack and feel great, chances are you're going to choose that second option. And so the more you can um, have your meals and just actually have set meals, better you're going to be. I've also put fiber and veggies. I should have added protein into that. If you can get a good balance of protein, fiber, and vegetables, those nutrients and those types of foods are going to be really satiating. They're going to help you stay fuller for longer. Um, and I, you know, I put two to five meals because it depends on your how you prefer to eat. But I found for the most for most people that struggle with snacking, it's probably better to have fewer meals because then you get to eat a big meal and then you've got this period of time where you don't have to eat and you're almost, you know, it, you know snacking isn't even an option. Whereas if you're constantly trying to feed, that you, you've almost got a permanent feeding window. And we're going to come onto this in a little bit, but just understand that planning and eating two to five meals a day that are high in veggies, fiber, and protein is going to be great. I could put fruit in there as well, but fruit's a little bit higher in calories, but it doesn't matter too much. And then drink, staying hydrated. You've obviously probably, yeah, most of you would have heard the fact that uh, drinking is a good way to keep hunger at bay. You would have heard that, oh no, you're not really hungry. You're actually thirsty. And that is, that does hold some truth. It's also, if you are, if you've, if you're just bored, right? Drinking is something to do that, especially if it's just water or if it's a hot drink, this works fantastic. So if it's uh, black coffee or tea, even if it's not black, you know, even if it's uh, milky coffee, as long as you haven't caned the sugar and it's not just a giant latte with full cream, it's relatively going to be low calorie. It's not going to be too bad. Um, there is some idea towards staying away from stuff that's a little bit too sweet. And I'm going to get onto that in the next slide. So just these ideas are, or these are the real basics of keeping hunger at bay. So, and if you're not hungry, there's one less trigger for you to try and have a snack, but it's unfortunately not all of it. Um, and then we're going to go on a, to a little bit higher level hunger tricks. Um, eating bland food. There's a, 
food palatability reward hypothesis that is floating about in the nutrition literature at the moment where and essentially what it says is it's almost like if you're tempted to snack and if you're eating all these great foods all the time and all these really 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 tasty foods there's an idea that these tasty foods are almost spoiling your taste buds right because you've you're constantly eating these amazingly tasty foods then all of a sudden you know just some um, chicken and broccoli which is shit this is a terrible example but that it's just not going to cut it even eggs on toast might not cut it you know you have to jazz up every meal which means your normal meals that you're going to have aren't going to cut it and then you're going to be more tempted to snacks and snacking you know the snack industry is a i don't know how many billion dollars it's worth but it's it's a huge industry right and it it relies off the fact that you want to grab some sugar or some salt because you just want to get that flavor into your tongue. You, you're probably not even, even if you're not hungry, um, like physically, mentally, you might just be craving those types of foods. And that's because you're constantly giving your, um, your palate, your, your tongue, all this sensation. And therefore you're going to be more tempted to have these snacks. And so a good way to combat this is just to have bland food, avoid overly seasoning it. and Obviously, this is like a real good hack for when you're trying to lose weight and when you're trying to do a really difficult diet is constantly inside, keeping your food relatively monotonous. Not This isn't say, to say you have to have Soylent, but this is to say that if you can keep your food relatively monotonous, then you forget that food can be you kind of forget that food can be this amazing grand thing and therefore you're less likely to get cravings. And at the same time, if you do want a bit of flavor, obviously this is a time to sort of cook yeah, you can do that. And I think there's not too much problem with that. And because I anticipate a lot of pushback on the bland food thing. So just have similar meals, if not the same meals day in, day out, at least during the day. That way, you're again, you're not switched on, you're not trying to eat all these crazy foods all the time. And you're not going to be tempted to reach for all these different luxurious snacks. Um, and then the other thing is, if you're doing that, if you're cooking all the time, if you're cooking all these crazy foods, you're always in the bloody kitchen. And where are all the snacks? In the bloody kitchen. It's not a good idea to be around those all the time because it's just it's very easy after I did it today. You know, I just grabbed a, a um I was gonna say I grabbed some nuts. You know what I'm saying. I uh, grabbed some almonds because whilst I was cooking, because it, they were just there and I was I let myself get a little bit hungry. I tracked them, carried on with my life. But it's very tempting for that to happen. And if you do, like you really do enjoy cooking, and obviously we've got time on our hands to cook at the minute, save that for dinner. Like if you, you can have the same breakfast and same lunch, uh, or same three meals throughout the day, keep it relatively robotic, but then you've got this awesome dinner that you're going to look forward to that you can spend an hour prepping that you can really enjoy when you sit down to eat and you can eat as a family. even, And, and that's a really good idea. And that kind of leads me on to my next point of an eating window, you know, the idea of intermittent fasting is getting a lot more popular and that can work if you want a grandiose dinner you can absolutely consider um, fasting throughout the day and then you've just got your set meal time at the, in the evening or in the after, late afternoon to evening or even if it's just you skip breakfast and you just have lunch, uh, an afternoon snack and then dinner, great. These are all more deliberate ways of eating and these are all getting away from the idea of grazing. And you can see the cows here, like cows are huge and all they eat is grass and they're able to do that because they are cows and they're not humans. But for this story, I want to say that it's because they are, they're grazers and pigs are grazers. Like all these 
animals that actually I don't even know if pigs are grazers, but for this for the story, let's go with that. Yeah, pigs are grazers. Okay, they eat all the time and they're just constantly eating. You're going to be able to overeat a lot more, and if you're just constantly grazing, you, you never really get full up. Whereas if you've got set eating windows, and even if it's not, you know, you're not intermittent fasting, even if it's just, I eat at eight o'clock to 8.30. That's my time for breakfast. And then noon till 12.30 is my time for lunch, whatever it is, right? And you just carry on with that. And that means that you almost, it hacks away a little bit of discipline because you're not even giving yourself the option to eat at those times. It's not even that you have to go, oh, I kind of want to eat because I'm kind of hungry. You're like, no, this is 11 o'clock. I don't eat at 11 o'clock. I'm not a cow. I'm not grazing. I will wait till my lunch like an adult, right? Simple. So just stick with eat, keep having planned eating windows and sticking with them could be huge as well to avoid the snacks. Even then though, we're still going to be tempted, right? And the reason that we're going to be tempted is probably because our food environment sucks. I have gone to every Super Bowl party that I've ever gone to, every party I've ever gone to pretty much where there's been snacks out. I am a fat kid stuck in this body. In fact, yeah, no, I am. I'm a massively fat kid stuck in this body. And if you put me around all these foods and all these like high palatable snacks, like sugary snacks, salty snacks, I'm just going to gorge. And it's really difficult for me to stay on track. And I've, I've found this time and time and time again. It doesn't matter how motivated and disciplined I am. I can't help it, man. Like if this food is in my face, I'm going to eat it. And it happens every time I go back to my dad, I go home and I visit my parents, I visit my dad, they've got snacks everywhere. And what do I do? I just, I just snack on them all the time. And it, it's difficult. It's difficult to come overcome. But if this is your house, there's a lot of easier ways to come to overcome it. Firstly, keep the snacks out of the house. It's a really good, you know, then it's a lot harder to snack on the crap if you are quarantined and you can't leave your house and there aren't any snacks in your house. It's just not going to happen. However, if you are, I understand that that's not going to work for a lot of you. A lot of you are living with partners and other people that will be wanting these snacks. And you can have that conversation and say, look, I don't think it's a good idea for us to keep these in the house. But, you know, you don't have you don't have to be a complete party pooper. Uh, another good idea, and even if maybe you are someone who wants to have certain snacks at certain times, that's also fine. Um, and what I would suggest is keeping them out of sight, keeping them out of reach, making them as harder to access as possible. Maybe putting them in a cupboard that's on top of your fridge, a way that you have to get a step ladder out to reach. That way you've got a lot more triggers before you get that snack. You've got a lot more, right, do I really want to get this step ladder out? Do I really want to reach up here? Do I really want to do this? Or even if it's just completely out of sight, I keep a lot of foods in like completely blank containers. That way I'm not like, oh, there's chocolate chips in there. I have chocolate chips in my cupboard, but I don't, I'm not really tempted by them because they're in an old protein container that has nothing, no markings on it. So I'm not really tempted to eat them because I'm not looking at them. Even when I open that cupboard, I don't see chocolate chips. I'm all like, chocolate chips. I see nothing. I see a blank uh, protein container and I move on. And so as you know, it, you're, the idea is that every time that you pass a, a food, you're making an option or you're choosing, Oh, Siri's just activated. Shut up, Siri. Every time that you pass a food, you're making a subconscious choice whether to eat that or not, especially if it's a really tasty food that your subconscious is like, oh, that's tasty. You want that. Oh, that's sugary. You want that. That's going to happen. And even if it's a subconscious level, eventually that's going to break you down and you're going to cave and you're <clears throat> going to make life a lot harder for you. So keep those snacks away. Keep them out of sight. Keep them out of mind. Boom. You're, in, you're on a good, 
turn into a good track. Even still, that might not be enough. So let's talk about how to eat. Um, I've spoken about like you shouldn't be eating like a child already, but I think this is goes in a little bit more and this, this explains it quite well. So if you are going to have snacks, use bowls, use plates, potentially use a knife and fork or a spoon. But if you can use some sort of bowl and plate, then you're actively portioning it out. We've all had a giant bag. Like when you go to the cinema, how easy is it to eat all of the, like the whole giant thing of popcorn just cause it's just there. Whereas if you portion it out, you can make yourself have a nice smaller portion. Then you can then walk away from the kitchen. You can then consume that snack. And then, you know, you've had that one portion that's given you another barrier that if you want to have more, yeah, you can have more, but you have to go back there. You have to refill it. You have to make that conscious choice right now. I'm eating double the amount of snacks that I told myself I was going to eat. And that's a lot harder to do, or it's a lot more of a bulletproof plan. It's another, it's just another barrier to help you another tool in your toolbox. Um, and then the other thing I would suggest is if you're going to bowl it up, uh, and if you're going to decide that you are going to eat these snacks, or if even, even if, when you're eating your meals, um, don't eat in front of screens. And this can be difficult, especially at the minute, because we're probably doing everything in front of screens because we're just so bloody bored because we're stuck at home. But I think now is the time to really try and just enjoy your meals. Or if you're having a snack, just enjoy that snack. If you're eating stuff whilst, uh, a screen's in front of you, that's not got, you're not paying attention to that food. You're not And it goes back to the sort of the hunger, ha- the hunger, um, controlling whereby if you're having all these snacks and you're not even, they're not even registering, then you're more likely to just keep reaching for snacks. You're more likely just to complete, uh, to completely unconsciously eat going back to the cinema scenario. You, you can eat that giant, um, box of popcorn because you're just looking at the screen. You're not looking at the, the popcorn and, and savoring every bite and saying, oh, this is really tasty, or I'm eating this because I enjoy popcorn. You're eating it because you're, you've walked into the theater, you've seen all these popcorn, you've got the smell of popcorn, it's probably your routine as what you do, and then you're, you don't even think about eating it whilst you're eating it, you're thinking about the movie that you're watching. And that can be a huge one. If you, t- if you negotiate to yourself that you, can, you cannot eat in front of screens, I guarantee you that a lot of your guy, you guys will... Um, dramatically eat less crappy snacks and then the, I think this is the last no no yeah this is so this is the real the last point that I did want to make as well is so we've spoken about how to eat right you're going to make sure that you're making a conscious choice to eat you've got your eating windows you've got your plan and then you've you're probably you're, you should be not eating in front of screens and you should be not and you should be eating using a bowl or a plate so you're actually consciously eating the amount of food that you're going to eat. You're also still tempted to eat a lot of the time so you can go and have a lot more meals or a lot more snacks. You can just keep going back and forth from, from the kitchen to your table with that bowl and just keep refilling up the snack, refilling up, refilling up the snack if you've got nothing better to do. So I would absolutely suggest to try and just keep your brain as active as possible. I mentioned earlier about how drinking is something to just to stimulate your brain in some sort of way. And that's kind of why you, you are tempted to snack when you're really, really, really bored because the, your brain just wants something coming in. It wants some sort of sensory input. And um, yes, food is one of them. Drink is, drinking is one, another one of them. But so is doing stuff. So is working. So is reading. So is um, you know, grinding away at some projects. So is 
um, doing things that you're really engaged in. Either walk, you know, if you're leaving the house and you're even less likely to snap, but doing things that really engage your brain dramatically drop your hunger levels. We know about all these, or you must have heard about business people. I think Beyonce was a good example, actually. She's not a business person, but, or is she? Doesn't really matter. Beyonce has been quite advanced. Oh no, it's 50 Cent. Oh, both of them. But, um, Beyonce once said that she was doing her album and she was doing a movie and she was doing a concert and stuff and that she had gone three days and forgotten to eat because she was so busy. And, um, like that's a ridiculous example. Uh, but it's, so, it, it's, it's, there's some truth to it. There's a lot of truth to it actually, because the, the busier you are, the busier your brain is, the less likely your brain is to look for extra sensory input via food. And, and it's only when you are really hungry that you're like, oh yeah, crap, I've got to eat. And then you've got your meal on hand that's already cooked because you're proactive in your fridge, ready to cook, ready just to put in the microwave for a minute or two minutes, boom. And then you've got your food, you sit down, you savor all of that taste, you're great. And you get back to your project or your project runs so far that you actually miss a meal and then you get to eat two meals. To me, that's great news. Some of you might, that might not be great news, but it, at least it's stopping the other problem that we have here of overly snacking on these crazy foods. And essentially that's it. But I think I've spoken about all these uh, little tools that you can put in your toolbox in order to combat this snack, the snack monster as I've called them. But I do want to stress that the basics are the most important things. Just don't forget about the basics. Don't forget about your goals, or if you don't have your goals set, that you've got to bloody create them because that's what's going to put you on the path to success. That's going to give you your first excuse not to properly snack. And the more emotionally you can connect with that, the more meaningful that can help. It's not going to solve everything. That's why I've given you these tactics, but it's going to put you on the best track. If you've got that plan as well, it's going to help you out. If you're tracking everything again, then you're going to have to put up with the pain of having to track that Ben and Jerry's tub that you ate that you didn't even want to eat in the first place. And now you're going to have to have a meal that's just really low in carbs for dinner as opposed to the pasta that you were going to have because of that. If you're eating Ben and Jerry's throughout the day, I'm not really sure where the scenario is going, but do you understand what I'm saying? And yeah, that's it. If you can stay on track with all of these, like these are great tools, but really overall, it's just re-emphasizing the basics again. And you know, that's why I came back to this slide to finish because the, these things these things are what creates that solid foundation and that solid foundation makes it a lot more difficult to snack and to snack in a way that's going to mess you up at least. And then even then, if you do snack, this stuff is what makes you see that it's not the end of the world. Stay, keep having your goals and having your long-term plan and tracking, moving and making easy progress. That's what is going to lead you to understand that even if you do mess up, it's not the end of the world because the next day you're going to stay on track because this stuff is important to you. Cool. I hope you guys enjoyed that video. I hope that really did help. Um, don't forget to comment below if you have any questions um, and I'll see you guys. All right. Tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Robbie Muscle podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you. If you do said request, all I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback. 
but also it helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.